Hey, what's up, people? I'm back, Jason DeBellis. This episode is episode 23. Got Mark Burek in the house. This episode is brought to you by Beach Volleyball National Events. It's also brought to you by Endless Summer Beach Volleyball and NY Varsity Sports. Come play with us. Episode 24 starts now. So, episode 24, you asked and you shall receive because me, I got to give the people, give the people what they want. It is Mark Burek. <laughs> that, was, that was nice, man. That was nice. Need some more of that. I got to start coming out with you guys to 12. Hennessy's, oh, I just want to see more of that. Yeah. We, we, we had a little conversation before we got on there where um, actually I was on the phone with you and I complimented you uh, about your communication skills. Like I think you're, um, I, I wouldn't call, I, I don't like the word extrovert because it, it always suggests an extreme mm. one, like introverts, completely one or the other. Right. But you, you do and say just enough what people know who you are. And you did, you did a, you've been doing a great job like, um, what did we call it before? Betting on yourself. <laughs> That's what I do every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of betting, a lot of betting on myself. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah. But I'm not doing it alone. You know, yeah. um, at least I never haven't felt alone in a long time. And uh, I think that uh, that's what you do in beach volleyball, right? This is a beach volleyball podcast. Like, If yeah. you can't or you don't have the balls to bet on yourself, yeah, Why? you're not going to play the sport and, or you're not going to play it for very long. That's for, that's for damn sure. No. Yeah. Well, I think you could pose. You could pose it for like a couple of years, but how how long can someone do that? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. When did you start beach? I mean, Man, I, I I did some looking back, you know, and I remember, um, you know, I'm like what Paul Lamb guy from the '90s, Bob Mason guy from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. So I go mm-hmm. back as far as when you played at um, Mason. Yeah, yeah, George um, Mason you, University. You and Dentler, right? Was Dentler there that year? Or was so it, Dentler, was, uh, we recruited Dentler. Uh, so I never got to play with him. He was a freshman, and our uh, our our coach. I remember he's like, "We really need this guy." Yeah, I'm like, let's make it happen. It's important. And I was yeah. like, "Make me the host. Let's go." There it is. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, I was uh, the host senior for for Denler and for uh, a couple of those guys. But Mason was pretty good because we had a, a pretty tight family, and we treated things the way that I don't want to act, but that way I act kind of like socially, like you have to prove yourself to us why we should be your friend. Like, my yeah. family's really tight back home. Um, yeah. So what happens is you have a bunch of brothers, right? You can't you can't curse on this, right? But like, Yes, you can. You, my, my brothers always said, like, no matter what, especially, like, dating girls, they're like, don't bring sh- to the family. Yes. That was just the number one rule. Like, whoever you wanted to, like, go and hang out with outside, like, mm. if you bring it to the family, it's better be high, yes. high quality. And yeah. that's it. And so I Someone you could live sport. by that. <laughs> In New York, we're like, you could sport her. <laughs> 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 that's not right I know like Mariah just shaking her head no well so you know always like Mason was like that we were really picky with who we who we let in yeah. um, and it's it's ironic because I was talking with somebody and beach volleyball and volleyball the reason that I played them was because people held the, the arms open widest like the places where I felt the most love were like volleyball teams and volleyball clubs yeah and maybe like the family feeling of like even even the qualifier routes where you want to strangle each other yeah like afterwards when you're first starting out and you're losing qualifiers everybody 
every one of those is going out on that Thursday. Yeah. And it's like, man, this is this is a pretty cool family. Yeah, man. And, you know, socially I kind of treat people tough. Like I'm like a bad senior and they have to prove themselves to me. Yeah. But that's, I shouldn't do that. I think in business I do it well where I'm like, everybody's in here. But, yeah. you know, welcome. This is volleyball. This is where everybody gets to like love each other and hug each other. I think if someone has a luxury to put themselves in that position, sure, fine. But um, for for me lately, like there's only 24 hours in the day. I think I think I've become more like Mark Burek. I mean, <laughs> right when you first met me, right? Um, what I'm this guy. I'm singing karaoke, still doing that. You know, filming. You know, I came out here, just bought a camera, just started filming. Now I'm yeah. co- now I'm doing color commentary. You know, I did all of Pepperdine's home games last year. That's so I'm awesome. all over the place. So now I want to be a jerk. <laughs> It's not, and I mean, you got so much time. <clears throat> yeah, you know, you can't respond to everybody, and but I, mm. I think you do it the same way that I do. Like you do respond to everybody. It's yeah. just those that you let in close or that you want to let in close. That's right. It's like, yeah, ugh, you got to prove yourself, and That's, I don't want to be like that. I'm working on that, like no. by myself. Like, like I said, places that I've enjoyed the most, the people I've enjoyed the most, are the ones that are like, come on, man. I don't care who you are. Come yeah. on in. So I'm like, trying to like work at myself with that. And be yes. Like, well, it's a New York virtue, yes. right? Um, we, uh, it's an anti-socially useless waste of time to pretend to like somebody. It's not. It's not. You can't. <laughs> that is right. New York. You can't. Yeah. I, I mean, wow. You 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 leave. You kind of throw up in your mouth a little bit. Like, damn, was I actually nice to that guy when I know, <laughs> I know he wouldn't piss on me if I caught fire. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you know. Yeah. So so there's always that that like you said that guard mentality that you keep you, your circulation of friends is high, but your circle of friends is t- is yeah. mad tight. One of my. You know? uh, I got a mentor that I was I just had maybe four hours of talks with this weekend, especially with what's going on. And he was amazing. He goes, you know, um, oh shoot, what did he say? He goes, Some people are pitch are peaches and some people are yeah, it's not acorns. Some some type of nut. Walnuts, I don't know. Um acorns. But like, but like some people are just like really soft on the outside, but yeah. then like once you get into the middle or, or to try to get inside, it's almost impossible, you know? Yeah. Um, and then they're, he was talking about bosses like this yeah. and then some of them, they got this crazy hard shell and then inside it's just like this, this milky stuff, it's you know, gooey. so they protect it out there, but it's yeah. like a nice person on the inside. Mm-hmm. And some people are peaches where it's like nice and fuzzy and beautiful on the inside, but it's kind of like, it's yeah. crap on the inside and some people can fake that long enough um, but I don't know. I think if you fake one thing, you, yeah. you, you're eventually just going to get caught. You're it's only a matter of time. It's yeah. a slippery slope. It's not easy. Well, the cool thing is a decade goes by, right? Mm-hmm. You keep this circle of friends tight. Now, um, the fruit of your, your labor shows up. Now, you've been friends with this dude for X amount of years. Still cool. Um, everybody sees the click. They see they see you tight. They see your virtue through through the way you hang out with your people. And all of a sudden, they're, they know they have to be real. To yeah. approach you, um, who you're involved with romantically, all of a sudden, boom, you got yourself an alpha for a girlfriend because, like you said, you're not bringing Ash home to the house, you know? Yep. And you'll be like, yo, what set is this girl from? <laughs> so, yeah, well, same thing with me, man. I got to, like, Miranda would be the first one to tell me, I got, 
I got me an alpha. There's an old saying, if you're not a genius by the time you're 40, make sure you're married to one. <laughs> I got I like a girl who's, saying. you know. Who, yeah, who little... made that saying? Did you just make that up? you just mm, claiming no. old sayings? No, I got it. That's me. <laughs> there you That's go. me. Actually, I took, it was the millionaire reference that I Ready. switched. If okay. you're not a millionaire by the time you're 40, make sure you're married to one. So I just oh, nice. took it and changed it up. Made nice. My own. All right. Yeah. But, we can give you that quote. Put it yeah. up on Wikipedia. First person ever yep. say it. Yeah, yeah but met her, met her through volleyball. Har- Harvard chick, too. I've always had my longest relationships were, and I don't want to sound like a, a Ivy League racist, but, but my longest relationships were girls I had an Ivy League education. <laughs> I have like this classical education. See I, that? Because they were uh, smart I don't know if I'm just stick with you. Yeah. See that? But See you that? know, the crazy, <laughs> the crazy thing is, I don't know it until like later. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, cool, man. <laughs> So how many years? Let's talk about volley camp, man. How many years you into it? You're you're listening. Volley camp? Yeah. How many years in? Man, like just just the idea of volley camp. It's it's five years, <laughs> uh, two months, and three days. So Shit. January first, five years ago. Wow. That's, uh, that's the day that I arrived in Hermosa to be here full time and yeah. to start like my my dream company that um, that I wanted to. That's so cool. Space. I'm exactly a year behind you. That's it's fun. like I was like, yeah, well, I want to be like Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, pack up. <laughs> pack your shit. We leave it. So, um, yeah. So this house is supposed to be ready like Christmas Eve, but mm-hmm. they didn't have the hash together. We stayed at the hotel okay. at, the, at um, Hermosa until they did, and we moved in January 2nd. So. That was 2016. It's now 2020. And, yeah. and like I said, right behind you. But uh, the thing I like about Volley Camp, and um, especially the East Coast crowd, particularly in the, in the city, will appreciate this. Mm. An adult league. An, an, an adult league, that's a club at the same time. Right. Like New York, New York Urban Professionals, mm-hmm. uh, it's 254 teams. Uh, they have a very a pr- prestigious Division One for men's and the Division One for women's, but their bread and butter is co-ed and, mm-hmm. and, and Asians. Okay. Um, so I was, if you look at all the clubs out here, it's teenagers. Right, yeah. I'm I'm one. I'm there's, a summer. It's there's next there's, to nothing for adults. Like yeah, still it's tough. There's there's a lot of people that are helping out, and there's a lot of like small coaches, small trainers around town that like they got their group of like eight, ten, you know, and they they stick with them, and it's it's awesome. But you got to be in such a tight circle to be able to find something like that. You got to know people, yeah. and then like somebody in your group's got to know a capable coach that you all trust and can get you far. Definitely. Uh, our my venture was just to make it really easy for people because i like when i was young I, I, I came here before i moved here right and in in beach volleyball like i came to california for the first time not the first time ever first time for beach volleyball when i was 19 yeah i didn't see a coach until i was 24 Jeez. like i didn't right. i didn't see it maybe i wasn't paying attention maybe i wasn't looking for it yeah but there was no one saying hey i'll teach you how to play I'll get I'll get you past all of the pain that you're like going through yep. because if you man if you go through the woods and you just like there's no path and there's no one showing you that there's a path you're just gonna get lost in the woods yeah you know you might get to the other side eventually that's just, that, but that, that, it's, that's you're gonna a, waste a lot of time just zigzagging trying to find the right route that's a golden virtue Kevin Spacey once said. Um, if you're fortunate enough to take the elevator to the penthouse, um, push lobby and send it back down. Yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. yeah. so it's one of those things where I saw you that went from a guy that my first impression was just just like a hothead that used you. To, I, I think you used that to just emotionally spark yourself so you can you know to, to some of these games that are decided by two. <laughs> Maybe yeah. if I got a little angry at the end, I'm gonna win this shit. Yeah. So um, you went from that, and I saw the transformation where. 
you found a way to hone that that aggression and that, that um what what should I call it um yeah no I'll just stick with aggression into yeah. into something something that's special and now everybody's talking about you East Coast um everybody's like oh you do you know Mark Bjerg I'm like yeah I know we 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 talk you <laughs> know, it's still funny. trying to get him to sing do I know Mark Bjerg I'm still trying to get him to sing hothead I'm hearing that recently no. like more and more because of course not. Because I'll get like really fired up on the court yeah. and inside, like on the inside, like the, the whole like whatever peach walnut thing we're talking, like on the inside, I'll be super, my partners will be like, dude, calm down, calm down, calm down. I'm like, I got this. I just got to yeah. yell at the ref real quick. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, oh, so good. It's telegraphed. But yeah, I like that. Like I'm like, yeah. there, there can be emotion on the outside for me and then I can just be super calm on the inside. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that anyone, including myself, hasn't gotten like flustered and and felt like real anger. There's or gonna real be. Upset. It's gonna be things um, that get you upset, dude. You're not yeah, a machine. I think like Nick Lucena has been unreal at that. Um, he doesn't. You don't see it as much anymore. No. But he just played a lot. He's, Adrian as well. Like with chips on their shoulders. Where yeah. it's like, if 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 I don't win this, I'm gonna fight you. You know. <laughs> like, yep. And I I respected his fight and how much that he wasn't willing to just like be looked at in any way and. There's a certain intimidation that goes with that, but I think just the the main point is the beautiful part about sport is you get to choose whatever character you want to be. Yep. You can be a completely different person off the court, but you get this like little moment on the court, like, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a warrior? Do you just want to be a thinker? You want to be a strategist? You want to be somebody who's happy go lucky? Like you get to choose that in sport. And then as soon as you're off the court, you can be your yourself if that's who you display on the court or yep. you can be anyone you know so. yeah so um i think absent of that like lucena probably wouldn't have enjoyed as much success as he did if he were something else you know right. i think i think you know and, and I, I would say the same thing about you like one of the things i got about you when i first met you and this is the one thing that that hasn't changed i saw a little bit of uh, evolution on your part for mm. the all you know slow grinding pride swallowing change inconvenient change where the result is you're a better version of yourself mm. boom got that out of the way um but the one thing that stays the same was um i just forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> Um, no, your realness. Jeff once told me, like, the thing he liked about me is that I know when to say I don't give a, I don't give a f. I'm mm-hmm. trying to say fuck less. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 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 <laughs> which I just did. You're wondering why you can't get sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's crazy? Like, like Rob, um, our our sports debate Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I I get more hits on that because it could promote it because that's curse free. That's great. The sports debate Tuesday where we talk about this See and that. that. So yeah, Jeff told me. Um, no, but your ability to not give a F what people thinks and, and you know, and pick the spots is it, here on the West Coast is yep. golden. That's what um Jeff told me. And I, was, I think I could say the same thing about you to the ability. Um, when it, Oh, here it is. 2016. You were you were playing freshman in Brunston. You had Hudson Bates. This is Manhattan Beach. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, they bring some of these fans, and I like cheering for your people, and I like I like hazing the other team a little bit. But some of the things that were said that elite elite athletes don't sometimes just don't hear because yeah. you're just you, you got you're trying to win the damn match. Right. You're in the third set. I don't care what this guy says about my wife unless unless I hear. Then you know that I'm I'm um. But some of the things that were said, like me, psst, 
I pro they probably would have threw out the match. I would have went over, and the referee's like, break it up, and I start yelling at the ref like, you should have shut that that you know that crap down from the beginning. It wouldn't have come to this, oh, you know, man, next thing you know. No. And you said like, just, it was at your volleyball camp, and you said Jason Lyons need not concern themselves with the thoughts of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm gonna use that. <laughs> that I'm gonna use that. Is a hundred percent like. Mm -hmm. Man, I, I love that saying. I, I haven't remembered that I said that in a long time, but that's a hundred percent true. Like, yeah. All right, you got all these little kids yapping from the sideline. God, like you're on the sideline. One of the best things that I ever saw in beach volleyball concerning that was Dane Blanton. Okay. I think he was playing with Stafford. I think he might have been like that last tournament. Um, but. Some guy was just hammering him, like calling him like a has-been, just heckling for his guy. And he did something amazing. He grabbed his ball. He walked really slow over. And, you know, Dane's like yeah. big. And he's like super nice, super social guy. But he has the same you know? smile on his face when and he's he upset. he has to be great. Yeah. And he walks over. And this guy's like sitting down in his chair. And he just stands over him. He goes, I'm sorry. Who are you? Nobody here knows your name. Yeah. So you should be quiet. Wow. And then just like turned around and that was like during his match. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. If somebody like wants to yap that much and you mm -hmm. just single them out and like, and Dane's a big dude, you know? Um, I really like that. So I, that was, that's, I like that's that. the applause, like, moment of applause. Just, like, he got mad enough to the point at this guy where he needed to like let somebody know like, you think that you're involved in this. Yeah, you're not. You should be fired up. You should feel the emotions, but you have no effect on this game. You know, oh I, I just really like the Can way I... that he very calmly shut Classy. this guy down. Yeah, and in the simplest way possible, not, yeah. no heightened emotion. Just stood, make, make, physically and um, figuratively made position. his presence felt. Yeah, and and then just walked away. Um, I'd like to share one before we move on to the next thing. I want to show you a promotional video on on whatever, but because you said this, John Mayer. Mm. This is a moment of applause. Um, there's a married couple that refs. I forgot their names, but they're the coolest couple in the yeah, AVP. Yeah, uh, Kate uh -uh. and... No, not Kate. Oh, I forget their It'll come. Let me... I'm, I'm going to tell this. Yeah. Interrupt me when it comes, because when I'm telling yeah. the story, it's just going to pop in your head and it's boom. So, basically, she's refereeing, right? And there's a guy who... Actually, I think is pulling for John. And he's just like... She made a bad call on John's hands or whatever, or a questionable call. And he's like, oh, my God, this, this chick sucks. You know, chick shouldn't ref. Chick mm. shouldn't ref. You know you know how Huntington gets, how they get all unruly sometimes? Yeah. Um, and her husband's there. You know, he's watching, and you want to do something about it, but you can't because now you're stuck. Now you're like, damn, do I stick it for my wife? Or does, does this shit slide? Does she hear him? So then on the switch off. John Mayer, mild-mannered reporter from the, from the whatever, yep. whatever, the, whatever that Superman stuff was, um, comes over and says, I don't care who you think you are. If you talk to her like that one more time, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. I love John. Skinny. That is a story. John that is a Mayer. story was, you will never hear about. It wasn't, John. and it was awesome. the total opposite of whatever. He just gets gets close enough. Mm -hmm. Doesn't really have the physicality to stand over everyone. Yep. Soaking wet. He's about what a buck forty fifty. Um, <laughs> And says, and says, I don't care who you think you are. If you talk to her like that one more time, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Good. Her husband, the ref's husband, 
uh, confirm that story for me. Yeah, he's the great. one. He's the one. I heard the story, and he's like, "Yep." And he says, "He says, tell me what you think happened." And I told him, he said, "That's exactly how it went down." And I was yeah. like, "John Mayer, another guy who I'm thankful of." Um, when I moved here, um, he gave me the shout out on LMU. Yeah, I was the director of operations for a year. Um, um, I'll toot my own horn. I helped him turn that program around. When we got there, they were six and thirteen. You know, awesome. my, the year I came, they were 22 and 14. A year after that, they beat Pepperdine. They won the WCCs, which, which unfortunately was not a bid to the tournament. It will be. The, sport, oh, okay, the sport's okay. young. Yep. Like, in, in our opinion, like you see football, like a Power Five conference. I think beach volleyball should have a Power Five conference. Have the pack winner, right? Pack winner. Yeah. That, right? They have enough talent, the top 10 talent in there. Mm-hmm. WCC winner is um, um, either LMU, Pepperdine, or St. Mary's. Big West winner, um, Maybe Long Beach State, Cal Poly, it's Todd Rogers is there, Hawaii. Um, the South winner, Florida State, LSU, um, those. And then uh, the Coastal winner, which is South Carolina, very uh, Coastal Carolina, very powerful team. So I think give those a power. Are all in, so, those so, are all in separate ones right now? Yeah. So I think out of the eight, but out of the eight spots, I do, let's do five automatic yep. bids and three at large. Okay. Right? If UCLA and USC both, both deserve to go and one beats the other in the finals, no problem. Even if, even if I lose, I can't lose. We're going. <laughs> you know, so it was kind of sad and it stuck out the most because LMU got knocked in the loser's bracket, climbed out of hell, and had to beat them not once but twice to mm-hmm. win the WCCs. You know, and, and Marcio is a good coach. Yeah. Jonathan Daze is a good coach. Daze's you know, the head coach, the, the person who they preceded uh, um, was, a, was, a, was an exceptional coach. So. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of work. It was Betsy, uh, Aaron Mansfield, his assistant, who's yep. the indoor women's coach. Now he's one of the top he's, yeah, five. Yeah, he's now still the indoor coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One of the top five indoor coaches I've ever met in my life. He's yeah. going to come on a show, but I told him, wait, wait till you're done with you know, LMU and whatever. Yeah. But um, hey, let's, um, yeah, let's, let's cue that up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mark Burek. This is Volley Camp USA. What do you got? I don't know. Oh, it'll my sh- channel. It'll, it'll eventually show up on this one, Mark, if you, if you look. There you go. You want to run the first one? You run the promo, yeah. We want we want people to know what's up, man. I mean, what are you doing, Siri? What are you doing? Oh, is that just a picture or not a video? It's a video. It'll kick in. Kick it's, in? It doesn't like me right now. Yo. <laughs> yeah, so. Look at that. Honestly, Miranda. It's the homepage. I tried to, we did a couple of shows without this woman. <laughs> there it is. Is it on mute? Uh, since I don't think I don't we have the sound on. All right, cool. Yeah, because that's just the intro. I like it. Yeah. I could steer you to the link if you're looking for the, uh, for things, or I could just tell you the story. <laughs> no, that's, this is fine. Make you better volleyball players, you know. I watched one of your videos today. Mm-hmm. Um, Which one? Just about holding your platform. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, and I'm very big on that. It's former indoor players that we're probably both big on that instead of... Man, you know, yeah. I went uh, back home and had uh, like a three-hour discussion with uh, the guy who coached me, and we we're just talking about what what is taught, and, you know, even though people teach it, and then what actually happens, and that, like might be teaching like some of the wrong things just yeah. because you heard it from another coach and without like restudying technique and understanding what the world's best athletes are doing right now uh-huh. like what are what are 90 percent of the world's best athletes doing right now you, n- you never want to pick one 
player because if you picked one player everybody would pick like phil and then everyone would have a goofy foot approach and that won't work for everybody right you know so you just got to take a look at what's similar yeah he's also a like giant 90 percent of them yeah. yeah i mean you take body type as well as technique into account as well yeah. you know um and so the whole thing like they have like there's so many coaches now that are still teaching like hey put your hands out and then if you leave this hand here the other hand comes to it mm-hmm. and if you put this hand here the other hand comes to it when all of the, if you look at all of the world's best passers in super slow motion their hands come together before they're even outside their knees yeah and then they build a platform there and like as a kid you know somebody was like no you're gonna shank a ball that way Mm. and it's like it's just a complete fallacy like one coach probably experienced that problem right um and he was like how do i solve this from happening you know and he was just like okay maybe if i keep their shoulders forward and i say they're not allowed to do this then they won't shank backwards and then somehow that one piece of advice infiltrated all of volleyball and mm-hmm. then like led to thousands of coaches coaching that way and it's like yeah let's everybody look at it in slow motion again let's look at who the best passers in the entire world are and see how they do it and see how nine out of ten of them do it yeah and then maybe we can replicate that well just like theater there's no there's no one technique that's going to save your life like harch Karai, who's one of the best players who's basically god in our sport for the people who are who are um not volleyball enthusiasts who are watching us and there are many they're just lining up um Basically, Karch is God, and Karch is not a midline pass guy, where a lot of coaches preach it up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, what you were talking about as far as angling your platform, or, or, or um, one of the biggest things that I learned as an indoor player, because um, all of my coaching was really in Germany. I was just this elite athlete that wanted to play volleyball, yeah. join the Army, you know, tried out for like a military community team, tried mm-hmm. out for the Army team, and then tried out for a German club team. And he basically said the second part of what you said both hands together what happens and betsy flint kind of threw this back in my head and and i saw her teaching the girls which reminded me as a player and a coach um this what this does is it drops this shoulder the shoulder goes down the other one goes up Mm. where if you're doing this and this there's a chance here i'm still looking at you and your shoulders go up and look where my platform is right 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 can this pass go to the target maybe Mm -hmm. does it give it other options Plenty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where um, this generation understanding the why makes them more productive. So, right. this, the challenge for this generation of players is one, as coaches, making them understand the why and the balance of just blind trust. Like sometimes you only got a minute to talk to somebody. Let's talk about this later. I want you to do this now. And then sometimes, and that it's, I call it the, the Chikovian approach. You do it, and then you rewind, and you figure out why, and then yeah. you self-correct. So there's some people that do better that way. There, yeah, yeah. And it's a different, just type of different student. You know, yeah. some people you can. Uh, there, there was a Joe Rogan podcast where he's that's my man. He's um, that's why I'm doing about, like one of the top UFC coaches. Yeah, he's like there are just these different types of athletes, and he's like one of them's one of them's a warrior, one of them's an athlete, one of them's an artist, and he's yep. like the warrior. He goes. You can tell them to go and bang their head against the wall for an hour, and oh. they will go for an hour and a minute, and then come back to you and say, "What next?" Yeah, you know. And then there's like an, an artist, and you can teach them the same way, where you have to let them be free to experiment. And mm-hmm. if you try to lock them into the shell, they're never going to, you know, find find the extents of their game. And then it, there's mm-hmm. just a different way to coach different styles of people. Yeah, and I think that people need to be open to that, and. As somebody who has had coaches come to my place and me, especially when I was a young coach, looking at other people, do not make an assessment or think that you can make input to somebody when you show up to one practice. You should open your mouth like after you've seen seven practices. That's when you can start saying like, 
hey, what about this? But if you see me telling somebody something completely ridiculous, yeah. like, hey, set to the moon. Mm-hmm. That's me trying to get somebody out of their like two foot sets, you know, that their hitters right. can't get to. Yep. And it's just, I need to yank them to the other side of the spectrum or what they think is the other side of the spectrum. And they usually land somewhere right in the middle. Right. You know, and then I'm like, perfect yep. the only problem is when that person then teaches the next person they're gonna be like set to the moon and that's <laughs> and not like the why. standard but you like you have to get every individual athlete to their spot and i can give literally and i do this every day i can give completely opposite keys to two different athletes to try to get them to the right spot right you know yeah. and um yeah i just don't like the way a lot of coaches criticize other coaches and will jump into a practice and be like oh that's wrong oh that's wrong oh that's wrong Listen, stay here for two weeks, and then once you see the totality of the program and where everything aims, that's when you can do it. But I know I made that mistake as a young coach. Like yeah. When I was like 25, I'd been trained by like USA Volleyball and Gold Medal Squared. And I was like, okay, you know, I've been trained by the last 20 years of Olympic coaches. Now I can teach. Yeah. I, I didn't get any, I didn't get it anybody anytime to understand why they were teaching what they were teaching i just got in there i was like oh that's wrong oh that's wrong you should do it this way yeah now like as a i guess i'm an old man now but now mm-hmm. now as an older person older gentleman uh yeah. i think i have a lot more patience for it's seeing people well, you, teach you, I'm, again i think it's a generational thing because the way we came up like if the coach told you to do it a certain way and you asked why he's like why? Why is not in your vocabulary, Why mother? Are mother, you not running mother around the door right now. <laughs> yeah, in fact, everybody <laughs> run. Yeah. Not you. You stay. They run for you. Yeah. So, no. But um, yeah. But this generation again, uh, when they understand, uh, it's more productive. So me, my coaching styles. Sometimes I have them answer their own question. I'm like, um, you know, like what someone someone serves the yeah. ball, and I'm like, if you do, you have more re- more or less reaction time if you move after the serve crosses than me. <laughs> They're like less, right. you know, sometimes, like, you know, it oh, sounds, okay. like, it, sounds like cl- like, it sounds like I'm clowning <laughs> yeah. them a little bit, you know, and I also yeah. want to plug in Joe Rogan because Joe, Joe Rogan is the reason I'm doing this podcast. He, awesome. t- he talked about how easy it was. It's not. But once now that it started mm-hmm. and now that um, I'm already on episodes 23 in like a few months, I'm just banging them mm-hmm. out. So, yeah, but one then, of his episodes yeah. is going to cost you six hours of your life. It's like they just they just went for a six. But, hour it, but it makes you want to. Like, but if you're stuck in traffic, dude. Yes. Is there a better man? Is there a better qualified uh, a companion Oof. than Joe Rogan or, or Serial Podcast? Well, Serial Podcast is cool. Serial yeah. was all right. I'm, I'm right now. I'm listening to Side Hustle Podcast. It's Side just Hustle, non-stop yeah. Nonstop entre- entrepreneur people. Yes. Um, I listen to Bigger Pockets for a while. This is a plug for them, but that's like a big real estate podcast because uh-huh. I was like, I moved here when I was 30, and I was like, I have less than a thousand dollars in my bank account, and if Volley Camp doesn't mm. take off inside of eight weeks. I have no money. Like, yeah. came here and, and did that. And I was like, man, I'm 30. Most of my friends got a lot more money than I do. And I started looking around at all these houses. And I was just like, the 30. Oh, this many people can afford this these big houses staring at like the you know, Pacific Coast. And Ridiculous. Like, well, yeah. I got to start doing some kind of business. I got to start <laughs> investing in stuff. So. I mean, attempting Mark, to Mark like, East Coast guys, I didn't know a fucking house could have like four bathrooms. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I grew up, I'm like, get out. Let's <laughs> get out. I got to go to school. Get up. <laughs> four brothers. Like, there were four yes. of us. We had a, a, a little summer summer house in Breezy Point, New York, and it was two bedrooms, yeah. one bathroom, 
for my parents, four boys, and they never said no to a sleepover. Like, I don't oh, know wow. how. I don't know how, honestly, because yeah. our dining room and the living room were the same room, but it was whatever. Our parents just kicked us out. We ran around on the beach and look at mine as a California girl. Like, how did, how did you cope? Look at your face. No, I had three sisters, four girls in one room. How many bathrooms? Oh, two. Yeah, two bathrooms. We only had one though that we were able to access. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, All right. so you had you know, it kind of tough to say your parents work. like they locked you out. But no sleepovers. I don't. Oh. Yeah, no sleepovers. Yeah. That's. that's great. I think. Um, Man. I, can I think I'm gonna hair in your vacuum. <laughs> now that I got long hair, it's like I'm like, oh my god! I used to think that girls were like really disgusting yes. because I was like, you leave your hair everywhere. You can't help and it. And now, yeah, you can't help it. It just it just goes and goes. Gifts for you. Yeah. yeah. Let's um revisit this coaching thing one more time because one, I don't I don't want to feel like I'm letting them off the hook. Yeah. And through our own learning experience, there's two problems with coaching the United States volleyball right now, and I and I have no problem calling them to the carpet because I don't care. Yeah. Um, tribalism. Right. The knowing of uh, looking up to certain coaches, knowing so seeing that the the way that they do it works mm-hmm. and anybody else's way is BS, which I think you, you that you 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 dipped your, your, your toe in that I'm 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 just I'm gonna dive in neck deep. Yeah. Um two understanding that there's not one technique that works for everybody. You you mm. you tailor you take what you show, they show, John shows, Sokoli shows, Dane shows, uh, Stein doing great work at UCLA. Jeff Alzina, the best coach in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you tailor and make your own what works best for you as a player. Three, active players who are coaches fail when they tell someone that, when they use themselves as an example on what they can do and why the other person can't do anything. Because they're not considering body type. They're not considering oh, years of ex- they're yeah, not considering yeah, yeah. years of experience playing. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm ca- I'm gonna call John and Betsy and, and a little bit of Aaron on, on out on that. You know, I, I was talking about visualization, even though I use vision, I use the wrong terminology, and they never heard of it. And then Betsy was like, "I never use it as a player." And John said, "I never use it as a player." And I'm like, "Well, that's where you fail." Mm. That's where you fail. You're professionals. These these people just got out of high school, and and uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, to the casual fan, it just looks like bump set and spike. Like everybody does the same thing. We, we both know that's not. Yeah. There's there's so much more to it. So. My challenge to player coaches, some of them are glorified babysitters, right? They recruit the best people in the club, and mm-hmm. they just need to make sure they don't lose, and that's fine. But if you're trying to teach people, and if you're trying to whatever, you you can reflect on your experience, I think, from a psychological thing, as far as demons to conquer. But the physical part, you know, I don't. that doesn't work. I, I jump out of the sand. My approach, it works for me. I'm like, dude, you know, John's like 130. I'm like two, 215. <laughs> we, we, you know, I ain't taking the same approach as John. Okay? we. I use him as an example all the time because we both, when I met him, we right. both had the same poisoned left hand. It was a Mexico. It was an indoor versus pros thing, mm-hmm. and and I got waxed. But um, the the shining play was he hit a ball in front of me, and the next play I bounced one in front of him. <laughs> I lost fifteen four, but nice. that was in my memory. So, yeah. so um, no, I agree with that. You yeah, know, I think. Shoot, I, I was having kind of a similar conversation, or a couple weeks ago. But it was, I think that uh, players who learn the sport early, yeah, and then they. Like when they're like eight, nine, ten, they start learning. Then, yep. they wow. almost have a disadvantage in coaching. Yeah, because so much of their pain points and like figuring out how to get better at that, so much of that just became automatic. You know, like 
because I started late, like I started really only learning when I was like 19. I played half a season in high school, my my junior year of high school, and that was it until college. Late bloomer? Yeah, but I was consciously aware of every single problem and how many solutions it, like how many different paths it took me to try to fix that. Mm-hmm. So because like I went through the process of learning it from scratch and I remember it as an adult, I've got that ability to be like, I know what this is like. I know what you're going through, you know, and yeah. because I coach so many individuals yeah. um, as opposed to like working with the same team again and again, I, Brandon and I, um, Brandon's a partner and co-owner. And, and Brandon Joyner, plug yeah. him in, big up, bye. Um, we see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of athletes a year and we get to work with them all on a regular basis. So the amount of problem solving that we get throughout a year, because we don't just need to solve like 12 people's problems we have to go through hundreds and be like, how do I make this person understand it when they don't understand English right now? How do I make mm. this person understand it when I got to get her game to the quality of the rest of the court? You know, like when I got a 50-year-old and a 20-year-old on one court, one's a lefty, one's got a broken hip, and like the other's, you know, just is flying. You got to find all of these problem-solving techniques and you got to use it. So we're getting we're getting pretty equipped and it's... It's pretty sweet to be able to just recognize and align with athletes where it's like, yeah. so I, I was dating this girl in, in Norway. She's captain of the Norwegian national team. I was lucky. Um, yeah. I'm okay. Lucky, I'm She's a blonde. Now. But uh, she, I had to teach the girls, the 14 and 15 year old girls on her club team, how to hit with topspin. And she was baffled. She was like, what do you mean how to hit with topspin? You just hit it. <laughs> she didn't, she learned the game so young yeah. that she didn't remember the necessity or the learning period that it took her to be able to hit with topspin. And I was like, yeah, this is yeah. something that they has do, to be they taught. They do miss the boat, right? You know? Yeah. So like it, it actually has to be taught. And some people who just learn things early, they, they don't always have the same conscious pain points along the way. Right. Um, and I think if you learn the game late, you kind of had that, you have that advantage, but of course you have more experience if you the thing start that, early. I think the thing that has given me some success as a coach is, um, um, one of my, my big things is like, I coach a lot from the neck up because now when you start getting talent and finally, you know, um, as you continue to just keep moving up and you get better players, you, what you're trying to do is develop something that they can revert back to that works. I've seen so many games indoor. Um, where like someone gets blocked a couple of times and then it this, it's a game of 25 to the score is 20-20 and then they just they revert to something that they're comfortable with mm-hmm. but doesn't work so that's our challenge our, our challenge mm-hmm. and I'll use I'll, I'll throw you in with me um, I'll throw me in with you our challenge as coaches are to make sure that when it's a beach game and it's 13-13 it's uh, third set and butt cheeks get tight, right? They and it's and they take, deep, tight, they take a deep. They take a deep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Walk around. <laughs> I thought Miranda. I thought you knew. <laughs> yeah, but they they need to be able to take a deep breath and revert to something that works. Yeah. Something that they're comfortable with. Something, you know. This is my default shot. Mm-hmm. It works. Worst case scenario, I get blocked. I know it's not going to go straight down. Yeah, cover, people need stuff default like that. shots, man. Yeah. I've been teaching that a lot lately. Like you cannot go when you're attacking. You can't go through this process of cycling through nine different decisions while you're in the air. Like you should have an A, yep. a B if the A is closed, 
and then a C if things are totally screwed. Right. Like then you then you only have just a small decision tree instead of like going up and being like, which of my nine swings should I try right now? Like the being able to choose from that we know that from super like there's been studies on people buying jelly yeah. in supermarkets when you have too many decisions or too many things to pick from you get frozen and you don't actually buy any jelly if you are shown two or three jellies you're gonna buy one quick because you're not frozen in like what do i do what do i do what do i do and i think volleyball players while you should stay in the moment you need to come with a plan of what you're going to do with that and then you need your if that's closed i got my secondary and then you should also have a plan, yeah. plan for when it goes wrong. Like, what is your shot when stuff goes haywire? What should you go for? And you need to, like, revert to that because in emergencies, everybody panics. Yeah. And um, if, you, if you got a plan and you know what you're supposed to do when it goes in trouble, you're not like you had your nine decisions to make and then your setter set you crap and then now you got to go through the nine different decisions because yeah. you're in a different position and it's and it's a breath of fresh air for some of these players that that um and i'll use younger players as an example they have that, that discovery like yes. um I've, i have one indoor gig evolution i have kids a bunch of kids out of redondo mm. clubs i got them for 16s and 17s and we didn't have any, a lot of medals so we relied heavily on just using faster outside sets to free up the middles because cool. we we're running a slower middle as opposed to using the middles to free up the outsides which, yeah. Yeah, which as a good way. as a good coach you have to you just have to do that you yeah. some people you know they have that philosophy and they stay stubborn with it and then sometimes you got to switch but the last few months and they're in their varsity season right now some of the what we practice some of the intelligent outside hitting choices okay looking for the hatch not open is there a split no nah, let me try is inseam boom you know is there a use boom so it's one of those things where it's almost a Russia style offense where you got this high ball. Everyone knows it's going to you, mm-hmm. and you use your skill set and whatever. And it's 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 the best feeling in the world because in this at this club and on the West Coast, a lot a lot of times people get kills because they're the recipient of one on ones in system or whatever and this and that. But these guys, two man, three man block knows it's coming to them, yeah. and just you know just just te- uh, just watching these kids discover that and watch them get comfortable. And now it's not the nervous tension. It's like an alcoholic waning off. On, on the booze they don't go cold turkey but it, the nervous but you know what I'm saying the nervous tension either That's goes away no but, slowly, it go, yeah. no but it slowly goes away <laughs> yeah, yep. well, I'm the king of metaphors yeah. but it slowly goes away yep. or the nervousness is turned into something else Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, and study show is one of my least favorite freaking lines too, because and that's where a lot of people, uh, that's where tribalism comes from. Well, this guy did this, and he did a study on that. I'm like, okay, cool. What was the study? Um, um, how many people was it? Um, 24 people? No, it was nine. Right. Cool. It was a D1 program? No, it was D2. Um, all right, that's cool. You did it for mm-hmm. a, um, did it for a month, month and a half, uh, five days. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you just say study show? <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Studies can show anything. You know, so, Statistics can show anything. Yeah. That's why you can hire a hundred thousand dollar statistician, yeah. so he can just like tell you a better story from the numbers that you've got. Yeah, you know. But I think what people have to realize, and coaches coming up, and then something that can st- instill their self confidence. You're thirty, but you're still mad young at this. Is that we're the scientists? Mm. The studies are done by us, Mark Beard. Yeah. <laughs> We're the scientists. Yeah, we're the one conducting conducting stuff. Oh man, you yeah, you just you. What do I nickname you? The hardest, the James Brown of volleyball. <laughs> Didn't I say that right? The hardest working man, yeah. hardest working man in America. Yeah, I appreciate well, that. Right, we ain't doing I no splits. Uh, <laughs> so I can do a split. Come on. 
serious? Look at Miranda. That's easy. Miranda's like, Miranda's right like, I'm, I need to pull up the video. This is why I'm here. Pictures are didn't, video it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's actually coming out in our next video. Yeah. You'll see it. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it's talking about players who put their feet too wide on defense. Yeah. So we did a little, uh, so had let's... a little fun with it. <laughs> So let's talk about the elephant in the room a little bit. Yeah. Um, Volley Camp USA. Let's talk about um, um, beach enforcement. Mm-hmm. What's uh, what's what's been going on in that? I saw something and I and I shared it. And this is the first time I shared something that I didn't like mm-hmm. reading in, in full context of itself. Is it something where they're cracking down on just um, big clubs overcrowding the beach? What's um, yeah? Actually, so I'll this, do it this way. Mark a, the floor is the floor story. is yours. Yeah. Doing the narrative. Um, it's a long story. So uh, we do run classes. So in beach volleyball in Hermosa, like it's it, without throwing anybody or, or everybody under the bus. No. You come here, you can see any any day that like coaches are out there doing their thing and coaching. And it's kind of just a situation where Hermosa has a commercial zone right around the piers and that's the only like right around Hermosa Pier, is technically the only legal place if you get a permit um, to be able to coach and get paid for. Yeah, it. that's us. That's Endless Summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are uh, there are pretty strict rules around those permits, and it's it's and even the contract classes, and it's really difficult to actually follow those rules. And so when they came to us and they they tried to move us off of Second Street, and we we're like, okay. We'll move down, fine. Um, we're gonna do this permit thing, and then I was asking for a permit for Brandon as well, and then they told us like he needed a a separate insurance and a separate business license, and I said, huh, why, why? And during that time, like we were just waiting for answers to questions, but we kept running classes where we were, and then they came inside us again, and we're like, can you just tell us about the thing that we that we need to know here, like? does he need a separate business insurance and does he need a separate license? Cause it doesn't make any sense to us. And then they came inside us again um, because we didn't move. And that's when they said, Hey, coaching privileges and your, even your ability to get a legal permit are revoked as it was before that we were looking at the permits and the contract classes and really this, you, how can you run a business in four hours? Like they want to limit every individual and, and from what they told us in the beginning or how I understood it, every company. So if you're a company, if you're a club, that permit gives you 10 athletes. So one company gets like three, two, three, or four courts, you know, for to have that permit. <clears throat> right. And you're allowed a maximum of 10 athletes for that permit. So if you have more, if you have a permit for those four hours and you have more than 10 athletes at any time, you are technically running illegal activities is that is that why you think they they were denying brandon one because they thought like two two different permits um they get 20 people and they thought they were worried about over what their what their goal is is to limit the privatization of the courts they want people to be like public they don't want like giant companies who have lots of dollars to just take over every hour Yep. And uh, go there. Yeah, except which... to a- except to AUs. <laughs> it's like, and those are special events, you know. Yeah. And so that that brings up week. another thing. But the thing, we, like, like yeah, okay, we we were running on Second Street, so we were doing exactly as everybody else is doing and coaching down there. Right. We just did it. Um, if the speed limit was sixty-five and everybody's going eighty, 
we were doing it at 90 because I worked really hard on my website. I worked really hard on SEO and I desperately wanted to make it so easy for any out of towner to walk into Hermosa Beach and be like, how can I get a class in? I, I am currently in this, the capital of beach volleyball. How do I find somebody who can coach me? And there is no place. Like, it's so hard to go online with the exception of just a couple of websites in Hermosa and then, and then find it. And we, like, that was my goal from day one was if you're coming to Hermosa, I didn't want to, like I did when I was 19, go six years and be like, oh, people coach. Huh. I could have like, you know, the, this could have been a pain. But nowadays, now that it's NCAA, now everybody's a coach. It's a um, business, yeah. Yeah. For Everybody, sure. in fact, every every club size is a tr- have tripled. Yeah. The only club size that that hasn't is ours. Mm. We have twenty, um, a total of um, twenty two girls, but but not more than like you said they require because right. they balance indoor and outdoor. Right. Um, but we wanted smaller, more personal attention. Yeah. We have like one coach for every like three girls or four girls because um, right now Duran we're leading the nation in recruitments per capita. That's so awesome. so we thought if we just stayed small and just made it um not elite or whatever. Just you know just yeah, yeah. just. You know, there's, there's two ways to do it. Like, there's two. Like, I'll give an example for theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to do my MFA, um, I could go to Brooklyn. What's an MMFA for those? Uh, Master uh, of Fine Arts and Acting. They, okay, Master um, of Fine Arts and Acting. Um, I could go to Brooklyn, where there's only 12 actors and three directors, where it's more concentrated and you're just trying to hone your skill. Yep. Or you could do the actor studio, which is at Pace, mm-hmm. which is like 54 actors and like 12 right? directors. Yeah, they're doing, um, the actor studio is doing it at Pace, the MFA. Okay. So. If you're trying to market yourself and learn, or, or you're trying to are you trying to hone your craft, so that's that's the important thing. But getting getting back to what you were saying, I think whatever council meeting and whatever whoever whoever uh, however it's arranged, I'd like to bring up that subject matter in the sense that the times, not necessarily the volume, but the times that you're using, right? Yeah. Oh, weekend warriors. Yeah, we we I mean, there's there's not enough courts. I get that. You know, you definitely don't want to be doing any tournaments unless you're the AVP or BCBA mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. AAUs, which basically dominate all of north of the pier. The whole the the entire well, yeah, the so entire like, month of July. There's a, there's a number of like things that are like wrong with the permit, like limit limiting somebody to to four hours. Like you're saying that you can do a business if you want. But like you only have four hours, and then when we were told that the the contract classes, um, so you can partner with the city, you give the city thirty percent, and we tried to do that three years ago. Right. So we we like I sat down, I set it up, and I was like, hey, I want to run adult volleyball training, like for campers who were coming in yeah. and like at a really good level. Um, and they said we already have classes, and I'm like, you have them three, and then sometimes four hours a week, and it's only two hours each time. Like there has to be room for people who like really want to take it hardcore wait, wait a second I'm, I'm going to stop you right there yeah. the four hours a week do they dictate that they have to be in two hour intervals twice a week nope. <laughs> no any four hours <laughs> Yeah. What? Do you have any idea what NCAA coaches do to, to circumvent? Circumvent? I'm, I'm not. We're not going to talk right, about right, that, right, of course. Right. We're, not, um, we're not like throwing. No. And, and we don't want. And we don't want like, no, anything not. to change. We want any coach in Hermosa or any club coach who comes down to our town, like yeah. because we do invite them. We want them to be able to coach legally, knowingly. And you're not. And listen, that's not affecting commerce. That's promoting commerce. Yeah. That 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 does nothing but positive things for the city of Hermosa Beach. Because yeah. as yeah, it stands, like right now, like because they have the they have the event, right? They have like the events, so you can't get a permit right. during their special events. So even if you have a permit or a contract class, it's null and void during that time. So we know that June, July, August, um, the there's almost all events. Right. July is entirely juniors tournaments and APP. Yeah. 
trust, so that means that during me, the month of July, there can be no legal paid coaching right. outside of um, that tournament. Which means mm-hmm. that even though we're inviting all of these these players and coaches and clubs to come to the beach, if you want to give them a warm up session, it's illegal. And we're like, oh, so a, look, no, it's illegal to get paid for. Wrong. It. Yeah, well, but they are paying for it because it's club. All right. So, um, so that was, and that's that's what we were arguing. We we're like, yeah. listen, this this is this is the beach volleyball capital of the world, like. We got to give people a legal option, and the only reason that it had to get so fired up so quick is because we weren't getting answers from them fast enough. Right. And then, like in the while we were waiting for their answers so that we could take our next step, they cited us again, and then yeah. it was like, oh, okay, um, well, all right, just give give us the permits. We're fine. We're ready to move. And then the they, we got our permits revoked um, because they're like, you have citations to pay first. And we're like, we don't believe these are really fair because look it around. Right. And that's when like all of the emails had to go out because uh, one of the councilmen, one of the council members, told us the only way to get things to move or change, especially when you're talking to a city or dealing with a city, is you need numbers behind you. Because if you and four of your friends complain, nothing will happen. No, no, you so you need a we a sent, we got approach. our whole beach volleyball family, and yeah. we were like, look, if they this isn't what they would do, but if they took this permit law and the, the code as it's written and they enforced it at a hundred percent rate you know as it's written right the beach volleyball culture here would completely and entirely change yeah and we don't want that to happen we just want everybody to be able to do it like legally if they choose to yeah but and people mark people have to also understand um the timing and the time frames in which people are conducting their business mm. is everything in the world let's be real where's the camera right there let's be real I go to Hermosa Beach in the morning. There's a couple of maybe a couple of pros, FIVB guys, a couple of hours. It is a deserted island. So this whole notion that the, these club teams are, are are crowding the courts and, and taking opportunities away from people who are trying to play is ASA nine. It's ASA ten and it's ASA twelve. All right. It's not happening. I don't, I don't now, totally agree now with you there. Now, like no, on I'm, weekends I'm, and no, during no, those special well, that's events, what I, that's, that's when it gets well, shut that's, down. But that's why I was um, but turning yeah. the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, weekends, you can get out there as early as 8 o'clock and all the courts are taken because people want to play. We have to wait and at that's 6.15. Perfect. And, and that, I don't think any club coach would have a problem with because their business, uh, especially for adults, is the, the camps are don't even, these are empty courts. Mm-hmm. It is Gilligan's Island. You will not even see the Professor and Marianne, okay, out there at, at that time. You will not see the howls, all right? Um, giving away my age, but it is what it is. So, so I think if the LA County and Hermosa Beach and the coaches all want to have a meeting of the minds, let's all sit in one room and talk about Things that make sense. It yeah. makes sense for people to do it in the daytime because the courts are not being used. It's, it makes sense for people to say, all right, we're not going to do it this weekend because these are the weekend warriors and this is how they spend their time. They spend all this money, you know, mm-hmm. to a couple of a couple of $5 million just to live on the strand for El Nino to F up that house. And that's <laughs> you know like the best saying? part. Like so, all of this, all um, these emails that got sent, like it, mm-hmm. when everybody's getting kind of like riled up right now, like it's, it's the same thing. We had to like create a little fire, set a little, set a little spark into people's ass that so they'd send an email, mm-hmm. and then it's. But just now enough. we get but to just have the enough. conversation, and the city, the commissioners agreed. Like, we disbanded the beach, this, the volleyball subcommittee last year. Yeah. They said we had a subcommittee, and we disbanded it. And I was like, wait, 
why would you disband the well, volleyball like the, the Beatles? What do you mean disband? During, um, they had a couple people in charge of making those decisions. Okay. None of them were volleyball players. They were all um, uh, commissioners or politicians, and, and maybe some athletes, maybe some who enjoyed volleyball, but right, no cool. current volleyball players. All right. And so one of my friends, Dan Kavanaugh, who's also been like one of our biggest supporters, he's like, if I'm making software for faculty, yeah. the first people that I talk to are the teachers and the faculty because I need to know what their experience is. And so at a time when beach volleyball is growing at its fastest rate uh, in the capital of beach volleyball, they've taken away the people, they've taken away the group that makes decisions for beach volleyball and they've left it to basically like be the wild, wild west. And, and so, and like you said, the volleyball capital of the United States. Yeah. So now we got these people, um, the Mecca, <laughs> we made, we made enough noise and we created enough attention because we had so many people who like came and supported beach volleyball and support our company. But I like that it was just enough. It wasn't over the top. Yes. And you, it was the it only was... reason that we're able to talk to them now is because everybody did it so positively. Yeah. Like everything it came from a place of love and they're like, listen, like we're not doing anything bad. We're all reasonable people. We just want everybody to be able to play and enjoy and learn from who they want. Mark, to. how do you think we saved our police? <laughs> Dude, I was at the town hall, right? Yeah. Um, we basically have 26 cops doing a job of 39 nine cops. Mm. So the meeting, listen, people could have done a whole bunch of yelling, but and I and I went up there and I said, listen, that guy I know by name, this guy I know by name. We do not want L.A. County sending people where they're, it's, it, the, the territory is so unfamiliar. Yeah. They're not cops. They're sentries. And you look to your left and your right and everybody's your freaking enemy. Yeah. And that's how neighborhoods go bad. Yeah. All right, um, Brooklyn, New York. That's what happened. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what I'm saying they started doing rotations instead of like yeah, instead like of local instead of local cops beat. walking the beat. Yes. You know, so it was. But you know, of course, there's going to be some civil unrest at those yeah. town halls. Like, uh, excuse me, why? Is this person who makes two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year giving her a thirty percent herself a thirty percent raise, and we can't have no cops? So, yeah, yeah. so you, you you got a couple of that, but everyone in the room. Um, basically really helped the police. And mm -hmm. and me, I just put names on people. I said, I, I started pointing at people. I said, hey, I know that guy's name. Yeah. I know that guy's name. And intimacy uh, um, is worth the price of admission as far yeah. as living, uh, um, um, maintaining yeah. the, the, the cultural integrity right. uh, and uh, the California life, the mm -hmm. whole living a dream, living a dream, which I didn't even know what the hell that meant until like, two years ago. I get it now. Because yeah. um, so right? you're the, New Yorkers, they're like living a dream. I'm like, hey, you know yeah. so um we got, but we got, and know, I, we got my guess is you guys did it the same the way emails and yeah. then like when we showed up with such positivity now it's like okay now i guess we have to discuss it yes now we get to go in there and do the real work like that was like yeah. basically like round one like we needed enough people to care yeah and we had enough people to show like support and if so they sit in the same room but, but if they sit in the same room, room we're talking everybody gets two it great conversations with two people who are in charge today um i'm talking with all of the council members of of hermosa city beach uh, hermosa beach city and like i think really good things are going to come out of it and it, it was just it had to be like a really rough start because it was a rough start for us when they took away our jobs for a month yeah right um we should have gotten the permits and we should have like listened like right away yeah but gotta go to permits, the principal's office even with those yeah even with those laws like we still couldn't have run a business and we still think that it's something has to change about that little system um, but I learned a lot more today by sitting in with them and because again, the positivity and everybody like just saying like, Hey, this is how much we love volleyball and then <laughs> chilling. That's what we need right now. So if anybody's watching and like, and, and you're on my side or you understand 
we don't need and we don't need to send any more emails. They received well over three hundred emails and they got a lot of phone calls and they have to respond to every one. So it, it was me. So so, so thank you, me. thank you, thank Bye. you. But like, stop sending the emails because now we need the time to work on the problem. Now we made enough noise so that everybody knows that it's like mm. an issue that that we can fix so that people can do it fairly and legally and without like AVP coaches showing up to the beach kind of knowing that they're doing something illegal you know um it, that's that's what we wanted to fix is where they feel like they have a, a place where they're not kind of sneaking around yeah um, and also um without you know lighting anybody up go go after the people who are, who, are, who are not who are not necessarily doing that right but i'll, I'll leave that one alone um yeah but yeah what, we're working on the, it we're like we're working on it, had positive meetings, and we think it's going to move forward. We're just hoping it can move fast so that um, we can run our company again. But as of right now, I like we're it. Doing Someone the who has a reputation for running, being a hothead, we're running, let cooler heads prevail. That's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, exactly. Like, I've always been like, I can run hot on the outside mm -hmm. and show you, like, to, to garner a reaction. Mm -hmm. But I, it's, there's, some, there's something on the inside that's staying calm and planning that out. Right. You know, or thinking about, like, the next point. Like, I can be, I can be, screaming and thinking about the next point on yeah. the inside yeah. um and that's that's where we're at right now with the city and it's been like super positive and we've always loved hermosa beach we just didn't like this rule um yeah. and we think that there's some positivity and, we're gonna and when and, and again i can't emphasize enough when they actually see the situations and they see the time frames it's like there are more nets on yes. the beach than than actual human beings right right <laughs> so and then you if know, you show up on a saturday morning at 7 a.m and yeah. every court's already taken. Yeah, like, that's different. Huh. Yeah. And now we have 80% of the summer weekends it's... taking all of our courts at the pier. Yeah. Now it's like, maybe we should have had more courts. Maybe we should have had a secondary commercial zone. Maybe... Or change the... Or just or change the time people friends. should like... Also, buy a Parkinson net. Like, people get so sensitive about a court not being there. I grew up every day we had to set up our own net. Every yeah. single day. You dig a four-foot hole... You bury a saucer and then your net's up. And it's like, we can also do that, guys. But nobody, that's a, that's it's a long time nobody in Hermosa like, thinks yeah. about that. Like, there are East Coast people. You barely like to bring lines. But you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, you like to break court with <laughs> you, lines instead of like, oh, my do you God, know there, there are more, be here. And there are more East Coast people more dedicated. Like, East Coast is predominantly grass court people or whatever, and this and that. And yeah, we had to set up our own whatever. Uh, uh, Right, you're you're bringing yeah. the whole thing on your shoulder. Yeah. This, this so the whole beach is still public. You can yeah. still set up your own course. No one's preventing you from doing that. And right. like you spend three hundred bucks on a Parkinson net, like right now, cool. Now you have that for the next eight years. It's not going to break, and no. you can set up your own net with your own lines anytime you want. Um, yep. You know, mm. and so for the people that like, live there. Yeah, yeah. People people get really sensitive about the courts, and it's it's something that's really obvious because beach volleyball is like built literally built into hermosa beach um so yeah. we have unique situations and there needs to be somebody in charge or talking about legally like beach volleyball and its rules and so we're asking people like um well now's now's the time because of yeah the, 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 no because like you said the quantitative rise that's mm -hmm. good if we don't do this organized uh, at some point if not you says so um uh it might be the younger clubs it might be whatever it, and it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger and it's going to get bigger right. just looking right now look at last i bring your attention to last year since we're talking about hermosa beach um last year hermosa beach opened um mm -hmm. plugging in big pearl 
um, Earl Schultz and Jake. I, I was that coach. I got him in the draw for the yeah, first, for the first time. It was great because for me, I didn't feel like it, it was the first time I didn't feel like an imposter because mm-hmm. I was always like Rafu's coach. But I, you know, uh, you you know, he had his own thing. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah, I ain't sitting in that box. I must, you must be crazy. So you look at Maple and Kraft, who were like sixteen and seventeen years old, finished like fifth. You look at um, the um, Chrissy Jones, uh, Munoz, right? They were still in college. They, mm-hmm. they finished in the, the semifinals, or what was it? The finals. Um, you look at the Norris twins, who were eighteen. Dude, they didn't even start at USC. Right. So the thing I loved about it, and, and maybe I'm a little bit of um, a Schadenfreude on this. I loved that the generation before them, the older girls. Who you know, you just say hi to them, they do introductions and they're so full of themselves and bring so little to the table. You're watching these girls that aren't even 18. No, but but you're watching. (laughs) No, sometimes you need. You need to. You need to be turned into an ass to be to be a regular person, right? So, after watching these girls, five of these six girls, I tell you, now 18, 18 years of age or under finishing fifth or higher in a professional tournament makes all the girls who are older than them reconsider how I'm doing my training. <laughs> Wait a second. Like you said, who's my coach? Who's my coach? This is the reason why I always bring up Jake and Earl because they coach? asked me, yes. they asked me what's the secret to making the draw and I was like, come here, it's a secret. Yeah. Get a coach. Because <laughs> you guys, you know what, and I'll, I'll tell you why, because they get so good so fast. They think they get it all figured out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then this coach has a different ideas now. I don't want to do it. I want to do it my way. And then it doesn't work. And, it, and when it doesn't work, they either come to a meeting of the minds. Okay, I got to do it another way. Or they just keep, like you said, bang their head against the yeah. wall. Just keep doing the same thing. Like, you, know, uh, you want to be a doctor? Yeah. yeah. Uh, go on Google. Watch some doctor YouTube videos. And then, uh, yeah, maybe just start cutting people open. <laughs> like, what? No, no one's going to be a good doctor like that. <laughs> like, you got to learn from someone. <laughs> Somewhere and and people treat the, people treat beach volleyball like this, like all right, yeah, I'll, I'll watch some old YouTube videos, like oh, okay, that's how you spike, yeah, yeah, all right, I'm gonna go out to the court and just start doing it, and then like now I'm gonna play a qualifier. What? Yeah. Get somebody to show you like something so that they can like skip you through a, a two year curve where you go far outside the line before you come back to the right thing. But I like, eh, turn right. Which back goes back path. to this next generation of players. I could use Miles Partain mm-hmm. as, as you know, he made the draw. Uh, him and his brother at 15 and 17 years old makes people older than him that live here that say they want to do this for a living and every year, you know, and I sound like I'm busting people out again and I'm sorry ahead of time, but every year, they're, they're in a the qualifier yeah. and it's the same result and they're in a the qualifier and it's the same result and they get you know and they're supposed to be getting better and they're getting better uh, they're getting a little better yeah. but their levels to how much you get better and better where that helps you win games and this younger generation of kids are making people re-examine and I really and sometimes you need someone behind you to be like you know are, is, are, are, is this are you sure this is what you want to do yeah but they don't they don't look at the kids and get those lessons like I was wondering like all right, you take like some East Coast teams and then you take them out to, should we take them to the California tournament? Like they're going to get beat. And then some dads and some moms Depends on the immigration. looking at it and they're like, well, um, you know, if they get beat, then they'll see the level that they need to be at. Hmm. But in my experience, when I played like Little League and I came out to California, it wasn't, that's the level we have to get at. The message that was given by our parents or like by our coaches and what they said, probably trying to make us feel better. Yeah. It was like, Oh, well, they get to practice all year round. So, like, that message needs to get through to people. Like, why is this 18-year-old girl 
so amazing at beach volleyball and beating somebody who's 34, 35 and been playing and dedicated like the last maybe 20 years of her life Yeah. because she got coached when she learned that some adult was watching her nonstop being like, wrong, wrong, perfect, perfect. Boom. Don't do that. Perfect. Yes. Do that. Nope. No, you're not allowed to do that. Get back in line. Do this. Like over and yeah, over my generation, and over and over we again. We didn't have that. You know, no. you just came in and you just explored whatever you needed to explore and nobody told you which path you were going on. Like yeah. if you if you're going the wrong way for a minute. Um I, I I really like how competitive Long Island is and like almost all of the sports, particularly Long yeah. Island volleyball, but uh, volleyball club, the indoor team. They 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 come in a lot of the tournaments and they represent well. And but I would also suggest from the kids in the adult level I think it depends on where. Like if it's an immigration population, like if mm-hmm. it's a bunch of Polish kids from Brooklyn, yeah. I don't think they care about Green no. West. I don't think what, no. What? But you heard that? I don't, I don't think they care about no West Coast trip. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a bunch of guys. You know, who who from Santo Domingo or Mocha, like Washington Heights or whatever. Yeah. A lot of those guys are on their junior national team and, and an adult national team. They don't care about no trip to California. If you look at the last, uh, in fact, you look at nationals the last few years. Who was first, second, and third? Two of those three teams and the New York and New Jersey teams, but not because of. Like you said, the um, the American upbringing and 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 the the great coach and that or whatever. No, those kids immigrate, uh, you know, emigrate to mm-hmm. um, New York, New Jersey, or whatever. Like you said, already playing at nine, six years old under stricter coaching guidelines. Right, right. I'm talking about being sent home crying. <laughs> you know, you you ever got coached by an old gr- grouchy Russian dude? You yeah. know, <laughs> he's like <laughs> a bunch of them. God, I had a Forrest Gump flashback. Uh, Do you remember Forrest Gump when he says, Do you know what it feels not to be able to use your legs? He's like, Yes. (laughs) It's like, God damn it, he got me. (laughs) I'm just going to go swimming in the ocean with my no leg self. Leave Forrest Gump alone. Lieutenant Dane. Lieutenant Dane, they gave you the Congressional Medal of Honor. (laughs) They gave you. I love that movie, dude. Oh my God! That's my. When is my? Ninety four is a good year for movies with um that um Shawshank Redemption. If you're gonna trivia me right now, you're yeah. gonna win. I'm gonna win. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I am the last no, but, person you want on your team in a trivia contest. But as far as movies that that like people like cables kind out, people live streaming, but they're still showing Shawshank Redemption. They're still showing Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, and there was this boom period of between ninety three and ninety five where all of them came out at the same time. Oh nice. And I'm like, so they're like Shawshank got best picture, and it's like no. What? <laughs> not the, if not that, then what? So yeah. that that's that, that's how you appreciate that. So, but um, who's your partner right now? Is it still Ian? Right now it's Logan Weber. Oh, Logan, Weber. talk talk about good learning curves. Talking about being uh, the evolution. What I talked yeah. about: slow, grinding, pride swallowing, inconvenient change to become a better version of yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Logan Weber. Hell yeah. That kid is a stud. Yeah. Tell him to call someone back, by the way, because he was supposed to come on this podcast. Oh yeah, yes, but huh. I, yeah. That's weird that he wouldn't. He's a little. I don't think he checks his Facebook. He's a little shy. Yeah, yeah he's not, he's not like. <laughs> It's weird. He's not socially shy, but he just doesn't need to hang out with people. You, you know, know what I liked about him? Do you, a couple of years ago, like a couple of years like, ago, FIVB, AVP. He doesn't a, need to call you. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's like, okay, what time? Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Practice? Yeah. Eight? Sure. <laughs> Coffee? Black? Phil's, Phil's actually funny. Like, we didn't talk yeah. for a long time, and then, like, I started getting interested in, like, potentially investing in real estate. And if you just mention that to him, he goes off. Like all of a sudden, like, 
he like wakes up, he's up. more energetic than he's ever been on a volleyball court. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, well there's a steal here and there's a steal here. I might sell this one. I might go this one. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I get fired up about this. He, he actually loves it. Yeah, he's got a really acute sense of humor too. In New York, AVP New York, I had mm-hmm. um, my boy Ken Bassarath. Central yes. Park, Central Park guy, hell of a card player. Uh, Man, played like, with Hustle and Flow, won nationals. You know, you in the same room. he, um, yes, like, you know, like Stiles, you know, like John Stossel has like those card games Friday yep. nights. You know, Kevin's a, sh- I mean, Kenny's a shark, dude. He is a piranha, dude. <laughs> uh, one man piranha, a whole bunch of fish merged into this big old bowl we call Kenny. So, AVP New York. You know, we're we're leaving. Pounds, by the way, yeah, awesome. So AVP yeah, New York, York, we're leaving, right? Um, and Nick and Phil are kind of leaving at the same time. So traffic like we're crossing the street. By the way, AVP, big up. I love the new, I mean, the, the new location and the way they set that up. Yeah, they big did Big kudos, job. big praise, generated this nice crowd, in and out you accessibility. Know how much work that took? I was talking to Josh Claysbrook and he yeah. was like, we have had three meetings a week just to get that done for the last seven months. And I was just like, what? He's like, so many different insurances. They don't know what codes are. And it's like, again, a case of like, Working with a city that has to do the best, and like yeah. beach volleyball is such a small part of what a city does, and like it's just gonna take forever to get things done. But the people who like kind of slam like locations, and if it's not in this city, it's bad. If it's not, yeah, it's so tough to put on those tournaments. It is, but they did it, and big up to it. big up to the AVP from Donaldson to Conover, who's mm-hmm. on the other hardest working man in America. Yeah. From those guys all the way down, salute you, love you. So. Nick Lucena, we're at the traffic light with, with this and that. So I'm like, hey, what's up, Nick? And he's just like, does one of these. And I, and you know what I said to him? I put out, I said, you better fucking shake my hand and not act, act, act like we slept together. <laughs> and he's like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. You know, this and that. And, I, and the reason why I did that, and I'm, I'm going to get, and I'm, I'm, that's not even the fun part of the story. The reason why I did that is because when he was an assistant coach at Florida State and when yeah. I was at LMU, we talked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But like out here, we, you, you know, you don't see me, you know, but he didn't mean to. It's just, right. to, you, you just, you know, you play a couple of games, you're exhausted. Maybe you won. Maybe I don't even know if they won or lost. Yeah. And he like said, sorry. And I was, I felt like an asshole too. And <laughs> But then, so now I'm talking to him and now it's just Kenny and Phil mm-hmm. next to each other. And Kenny's like, you know how Kenny is. Kenny's like, I'll play you for that hat. <laughs> and then Phil looks yeah. at him and he's like. I'll play you for those shorts. You know? <laughs> so now everybody kind of opens up and now we have this conversation. And the point I was trying to make was sometimes you got to wall yourself off because the too many people coming at you one time, you're just going to, you're not, you're going to, if it's too much, you're, you're going to know nothing and you're going to remember and you're going to meet the people you meet. You're not going to remember anything. Mm-hmm. And I get that. But every now and then someone like Kenny reminds people like, look, just because you do this one thing, better than everybody else does not mean mean you do everything else better than everybody else that alpha mentality makes you ultra competitive like look there's avp guys out there that probably think they're a better theater performer than me you're not just like volleyball there's levels to that sorry you know or just because someone's played longer they think they're they're automatically a better coach because they play the sport longer so so kenny just brought everybody back to this brechtian man equals man type Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and what a cool 10 minute conversation because that was a long ass light <laughs> you know that light to get past West Street yep. <laughs> I'm like dude you might as well talk because we, we stand it would be awkward standing here waiting for this green just that's, like the PCH right so I mean, um, I, I but that like, was the point Kenny was trying to make and that's one I'm unplugging him and I'd love to have him on the podcast but I love that Phil you know, came down a little bit just just to whatever, just to talk and Nick yeah. kind of like snapped back and I and I, and I, I appreciated that, you know. And I'm like, by the way, I'm not even like a fan. I'm one of you guys. I'm a coach. Yeah. I'm here on business, okay? Right. You know, I was, I was I was coaching Jeff, 
Samuels okay. and Vandermeer. So, you know, a, a muscle shark. Um, sorry, whatever. Doc. I call him muscle shark because yeah. he's a short guy. He's just, just, you know, he feels like he's got to work out all the time. Yeah. Otherwise, he doesn't feel productive. You know something about that. Um, yeah. So the thing, and I pass that to you. Your, your, your humanity, your, your thing. Like, okay, I do, I do this better than everybody else or most, almost everybody else. But as a person, who am I? Like what I see. Like what's sitting across from Thank me. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you know, mm. I keep telling everybody, like, I I love volleyball. I love what it's given me. I love what it's... The friends that I made, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it. But at, same thing, like, at the end of my life, I don't want on, on my gravestone, I don't want it to say, like, Mark Burrick, volleyball. Like, I need a lot more out of my life. You know, like, I, I, I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great father. Like, I want to be a bomb. I want to be a much better grandfather than I am a father. <laughs> um, and I I don't just, just want it to be volleyball. Like, that, that's right now. That's this chapter of my life. I understand that. And it's it's going to move beyond that. And and then there's just going to be new, new sources of pride and joy. But it's, you know, soon, a few years, I guess. But yeah. soon it'll be to the point where, I see. Hey, it. what's our next step? I know? see it now, Mark. I'm 50 this year. Mm-hmm. All right, um, you're 30. I want you to take everything you know now and think about the kind of person, as far as your your volleyball and just life IQ, the kind of human being that you're going to evolve into by the time you turn 50. I like what I see, dude. You've already, you already, you, I mean, you're, as far as man equals man, you're there now. Nice, man. <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you kicked in the front door and, saying, and said, where's the son bitch? <laughs> you know, you're not, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't tap it, you know? Me, I, I, I went in life because I just figured out things. By the time between, I, I was married and divorced, and right after that divorce, um, that was 31 years old, I was 260 pounds, mm. so I took a year, dropped 60 pounds, went back to college. 60 audition. pounds in a year? Yeah. I could have lost it faster, but but um, yeah, I didn't. But you want, but you want no, but you you don't want your body to look like a map of upstate New York. You need your your body to catch up to the weight loss. Yeah. So, so I started eating five times a day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's crazy. So five times no, a day, I get it, I get it. five <laughs> times a day, smaller portions. Um, I'm ex military. I'm okay. a Gulf War vet, so just military so workout, you know, stairs yeah. and this and that. So Pottstown Rumble. Work out anywhere you need to. Did the Pottstown Rumble twice? You know something about that? 2002, right. I played double A, finished fifth, and then. Um, open in 2003, finished fifth. So nice. fifth, fifth is the best I could do. I had um, this guy named Eugene, Central Park guy you might know. They call him Flacco, Dominican dude. Um, yeah, he, he looks like a cross between Barack Obama and Reggie Miller. It's just bugged, bugged out. So you, you may know him, you may not, but you might have known him when you were, when you like were coming up. Years. That's, all yeah. I, that's all I heard in that statement. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Barack and Reggie? Just, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know. My president is black. <laughs> so... Yeah, Pottstown Rumble. Mm. When I have a memory of you. You um, didn't qualify at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So what does Mark Bjork do was about it? Was it San Fran or Seattle? San Fran. Because okay. you got on the plane and you went to the Pottstown Rumble. That's, That's how it. I remember. And the San Francisco tournament was a week, the same weekend as Pottstown. Yeah. And the thing that always impressed me, the thing that always impressed me was like, do I sit there and wallow because I was supposed to make this draw and then and it didn't go my way? Or do I just book a flight and go to Pennsylvania and do something about it? And I was like... Man, that whole I like this guy. Just kept like sleeping <laughs> I like this guy. under tents. It was yeah. like time to wake up for a match. Ha, ha, yeah, ha. 
okay, yeah, like go in, battle it out in the match because like pot's down no matter yeah. what, doesn't matter. It is it doesn't grueling. matter what level you have to like be on it, and it's going to be exhausting even to be like the worst team. It's exhausting. Yeah. Well, let's educate the audience watching. Pot's town. Give me, give me, give me one or two things. I'll give Big you one. Court. Big court. Go ahead. Old rules. So uh, side yeah. out. Yeah. Got to be so the serving team to score. Plus three touches. No let serve. No let serve. Yep. Um, yeah, and, and it's on the grass. So yeah, uh, it's, it is. it's harder to get digs because you can't like dig in. You're always slipping. Yeah, um, on a big court. On a big court. And, <laughs> on, and on a on a level playing field, it's not like a sand where people where these guys are. This guy playing is play for Penn State. This one's whatever Ohio State. Yeah, it's just all Americans <laughs> everywhere. Like all Play, Americans playing basically like, on a de facto indoor. <laughs> yeah, it is an indoor, but it's worse because you can't move as well. No. And you can't really land. If you land, you if you play beach for a long time and then you play that grass tournament, you you feel it. Like Mark, you you play some, you'll train or whatever, and people ask do you want to go out. You're like, yeah, you know, because beach is like physical therapy. Mm-hmm. And you're sore a little bit, but there's a different kind of sore. I'm getting better. Play at that a now. grass tournament. Do no. play a grass tournament for a whole day or two days, and, and people call you, tell you they want to go out, see what you say. You know, the biggest the biggest <laughs> thing, the biggest way to win pot sound is like bombing jump serves. Like, that will get you so far in that style of the game. Um, That's how down you one night. after that, yeah. so many people don't understand that, like, if you just have vision, ball control, and shots, like, if you can pass and set perfect, and then That's all you need is, like, a, a bit of vision, and you can really win pots down. Yep. Um, but you have to be able to dig set, and you have to be able to serve bombs. Yeah. And... Um, that's the that's the gla- that the glaring the most glaring um thing yeah because I, I go through all of Saturday and people are like aren't you gas like in the first couple of years I played that my body was torn apart I was cramping my quads would be sore for like t- a week and a half yeah now when I play that tournament I'm not sore because I don't swing at a single ball except from the service line yep like it's just there's a football field back there I'm yeah. just gonna look uh, okay bye. energy efficiency is the key yeah Baranic. And Bill, who finished second, mm-hmm. Bill figured it out. Baranek had to be sore the way he played. Well, I mean, and the way that kid played, um, um, he had to be exhausted. Like if yeah. he if he had, they might have won He's if he, but they might have, but they might have won if he had your approach. And he did, look, he did do the jump serve or whatever. But I don't know if they beat the East Coast Mafia in no. Pottstown. I think it's no, against the it's rules. it's a different Sorry. game. Sorry, no, Denton Donahue just. Yeah. No, that was Bring real. that match up any day again. Yeah, and Denton had a little baby. He's like, you're not messing with my money. You do. Donnie's <laughs> got two now. Yeah. Donnie's got two. Yeah. Yes. What? Yeah. God, yeah. we're all having him, huh? I know. He sends me these like he sends our, our little East Coast crew these videos. Of it was. His, it was almost like dadding a, skills. <laughs> it was like it was almost like a two year sync. Like three years ago, everyone was having a baby. Slick had one. Yeah. Um, Alan had one. I had like a I farm, farmer's tan. I'm like, why you got your kid out there? I missed like the that? memo. Yeah, I got one. I got a little. T- <laughs> I got a little toe head. You know, yeah. I'll introduce you later when when we close awesome. up shop here, which might which might be soon. I ain't trying to take up all your time. You know, but um, for me, I'm just glad to have you on the show. I'm gonna send emails to city council members. So okay, <laughs> well, actually, I gotta send like 300 emails today because like everybody who supported us, yeah, they sent all those emails, and now I just gotta be like, thank you so much for the support, but let's yeah. now let's let's make sure that we're not like taking the councilors' times anymore. Let's, but allow them to do their know, work too. They know now yeah. how how passionate we are and how much we love each other and how much we love like these coaching programs and how much we support all of the beach volleyball course coaches in Hermosa. So now it's time to like put in our work, you know? So, um, I can't, I can't, if any of them are watching, like I can't appreciate it enough. We'll pull it up. What's that? Yeah. 
Better at beach. Oh, thank you. you yeah, pull it up. Yeah, yeah. Plug yeah. that in. I would love to. So, um, so that's better at beach.com. So, yep. pr- a little while ago, maybe three years ago, I realized that we keep our classes really small, right? We, we don't do more than 12 per class. Um, every now and then we'll do 16. And if we do have 16, we, we bring two coaches and we make sure we have two courts. So, we Boom. want quality to stay super high, just like BBNE and, yeah. and Endless Summer. Like, we need quality to stay high. And I said, my goal in life and something that I've always had a need to do is like get the best out of people and to try to get them to a next level. And I said, I want to do that for as many people as possible. And then I said, I can only, I, def- I, I definitely can max want that out right now at 12 people mm-hmm. per hour. So if I start going with like online courses and I start building these tools that people can legitimately use and then go out and do the homework in our courses and then they have their own practice plans. Like if somebody would have given me a practice plan when I was 20 years old, here young man, here's what you can do to get better for the next three months. Do these drills, make sure that you master them and this is the standard or the rate or the hitting percentage that you need during them. So this is what you gotta do to get better. Here's your path, don't mess around. Like if somebody had done that for me, I would have wasted a lot less time. And that's what we did with Better at Beach. So we got these online courses. Um, we got a membership program. If you sign up for Volley Chat Pro, you have a live nonstop Q&A with professional players. That's awesome. So like you can go in there and just ask questions to pros. And if you don't want to pay for any of the accounts, then you can just talk to everybody who is a volleyball player who is a part of the Volley Chat Forum, the free version. Um, so that we're really just trying to create like a big good community of people who want to learn there are other websites where you get to like chat about volleyball but we want that community specifically to like learn and be for people who want to get better and we've got these courses i got a 60-day training plan that's like guaranteed to get your vertical up and people love it like i've had feedback from it that people are blown away like one guy's been taking ibuprofen for the last 15 years that need no more 15 years that need no more no Four weeks on it because we focus so much on mobility and flexibility. Let's first. let's talk later about that um, yeah. off the air because um, I might play at Huntington um, with Sweet. Greg Faulkner or, or maybe maybe Kevin if Kevin McCulloch wants Get you to on come, the program. come back and and right now my just my leg strength is the is is the one thing that's missing. This okay. this never goes away. My skill set, you know, either awesome. you have it or you don't. If I suck before, I'm gonna suck now. That's 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 one of those things that you know when you when you play as long as we have that that's all that never goes away. But not, it's a program um, that I'm following, Brandon's yeah. following, um, and it's it's it's, it's everything you know because I I was a exercise science guy in college and right. I got like seven different training and nutrition George Mason University people that. yeah yeah yep. and so I was I was able to build it from a good point and specifically for volleyball players I think most vert programs like don't focus on volleyball players nice. and their strength programs don't but this one's exactly and specifically for volleyball players so the workout right. program's great definitely. as well yeah. which I definitely want to wrap up with that but two questions before I leave mm. just for my own selfish or whatever who's the most conditioned partner you played with the best conditioned partner you the play most with. most conditioned player. As far as the, the, the guy in the best play, playing shape. As John Mayer, he said Jeremy Casebeer was. Was his. Yeah. He was, he never got tired when we were playing together, no. that's for sure. Well, like some guy um, would just, you know, go nail someone to a cross, go a play volleyball and go drink I mean, it. Hudson Bates was the strongest. Yeah. That's for sure. Definitely. Uh, he might have gotten too strong for his own good. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I think he's like, he, he's like 70 right now. He's Woo. a beast. Um, and he, he, he's not like fat in any so way. First, so first one that came to your mind. Uh, it might not even be right. First one that came to your mind. 
I've just I've never seen Shane Donahue get tired. There you go. Um, There's one. And he blocks for me. Well, it's a tough question for you because to me, it's always been you. In all your partnerships, you've always been the best condition athlete. So you're like, <laughs> how, how am I supposed to pick someone when I'm in better shape than that guy? It'd be so tough I thought for that'd me be a to tough question. Somebody else works harder. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be tough that. to admit. Um, your most memorable match. First one that comes to your mind. Most go. memorable match. Just something that was just fun. You you competed. You had a good time. Win or lose. Uh, Pottstown matches are pretty good. They're they're fun. You get to have fun with them. But I'm glad they're airing them more now. Seaside was so much fun what? playing in front of that crowd. With who? Um, who did I play that year with? Uh, I don't know. I only played Seaside once, and I played with my friend Chris Littleman, who's a coach up in the Northwest. Right. He used to like try some AVPs. Okay. He just invited me up there. But honestly, this year because like these like past five years, I gotta be honest, like my whole mindset. It, uh, Maybe three years ago, I was like locked into volleyball, and I was just trying to do volley camp and build it, but it was all only to play beach. Right. Like now I've been trying to build a couple businesses and play beach, so I've been stressed, and a lot of the tournaments that I've done recently, it's like I've, I've made the mistake of putting maybe too much effort into right. into the companies, but I want to grow something, and, and people love it. So I would show up to tournaments, and I'd be like, oh, finally, mm. a day I can relax. Yep. And then that's not where you want to be when you're playing at the highest level of the the country. Like, yay, I get to relax now. Let's play this tournament. Like, so I'm trying to set some systems up and and hire great coaches so that I can get a little bit more freedom to play. But that's, that being that's, said, that's a fighter's mentality, you know. Pan Am. We're big. We're big. We're big MMA people. Mm. Um, the fighter's mentality is. Um, the the, the the place they actually can exhale is when the is when the actual match starts because the training and the, and the situations they put themselves are so grueling and so stressful yeah you're almost like oh thank the lord I, I weighed in I didn't trip over some wires and hurt my knee and you're Tony Ferguson one thing right now yeah. which is like that's that's such a blessing when you're yeah. when your life exhale. is going crazy it's like that's why I went to Texas this weekend Texas volleyball tour put yep. on a great tournament and this has probably been one of one of the worst weeks of my life um oh dear and i i got to play that tournament and like for those couple seconds at a time i could just play volleyball a little piece of heaven that's it a little piece of heaven in case that's not where we're all headed huh yeah and then as soon as that match is done i was like shoot i gotta send out a bunch more emails talk to a bunch of people because like my company's falling apart my life my like the thing that i built my life on is now falling apart and they're trying to take it away from all of our players and it's like they where would my players go after this they would have literally like get through this patch to get the same product we get through this patch mark mark we got your back we love you my favorite match with you um it's kate you played um mayor and Hermosa Beach, it was like Mayor and Trevor Crabb. Oh, that was a you, fun one. I, I don't remember who won the third set. I think it was them, but they it was, won it. Yeah. I've never seen you play defense. I think Trevor. I've Trevor never seen three times your, but you'll, like your transition game and your defense. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> so, you should have seen so, me play Hayden and Theo last year. Yeah, cool man. That um, that's one. another match to watch. Then okay. Yeah, we've so had, we definitely had some fun ones. That's, yeah, that's for sure. It's been a good life. So let's hey let's wrap up here, man, because I meant to leave it at that. You and I keep talking, <laughs> but listen, Mark, Mark my man, uh, listen so much, man. for all of you at home watching this. For my my hostess with the mostest, that's Miranda Gagne, the the woman with the plan. I don't. You've seen me uh, do a podcast with her, and you've seen what a hot mess <laughs> it is. So big up to her. So for Mark Burek, I'm Jason DeBiss, and for everybody watching, I say see you next time. So long, peace. Come check out the Option Podcast on optiondb.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.